Good morning, Sac City. Yeah, that's I needed to fix my mic there. Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful October 17th morning here in the city. Episode 101 is about to kick off here. We've got a lot of action to talk about in uh, week six. Uh, we've got our headlines. We've got our injury report. We're going to dive into some notes um, here this morning. Aaron, how you feeling about Sunday's uh, Sunday's little uh, Sunday's games? I know your your Cowboys were in primetime action against the Eagles in a in a close contest. Uh, it was good. It was good. Good weekend of football. Um, I think some things were. Uh, I think we learned some things, but I think we also are still up in the air on some other things, and I'm sure we'll get all into it. But it was, uh, you know, it's always a good day when you can sit and watch football, and and it'd be competitive football. I guess the thing that I think we we talk about every week here is how competitive the NFL is and yep. it shows every week. Yeah. Let me actually ask you a question. I'm going to go off script here and, and surprise you for, for something. You talk about what we learned. <laughs> it's a surprise. Gonna... I haven't read the doc at all. So that that's fine. There really isn't that much of a doc anyways, but so you, you talk about what we learned and we're going to, we're going to discuss that later on, like what our big takeaways from Sunday's action was, but there's three teams in the NFL right now. One undefeated team in the Philadelphia Eagles. They're five and zero right now, um, or six and zero right now. Sorry, um, and they're looking good. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are on another level that we think that they're on. They're they're great teams, and there's really three great teams in this league right now. And then there's the rest. Who's the Who's the fourth best team in the NFL right now? Who said those are my top three? Uh, well, you're actually your power rankings did last week. Yeah, I don't know that they're the same this week. Um, I, when you ask who the fourth best team is in the NFL, I, first of all, that's a trick question. I don't know. I, nobody knows. Um, but I also don't think it matters. I, I think you could put a number of teams there and be right on given weeks. And then you could put a number of different teams there and be right on another week. Like the, the NFL is very good about not really revealing itself until the end of the year. And that's, and that's really kind of what we have here. I think when you look at the best teams in the NFL, I will say this, I think there's hands down two teams in the NFL that I believe can win a Super Bowl right now. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. I'm not even ready to put Philly on that level yet. Uh, we will get into that later. Why um, I do still have concerns about Philly. Um, they got a big win against Dallas. Um, but I also could put, Dallas up up there like I people are going to look at me crazy and say I'm a Cowboys fan and I am but I watched that game last night and they did not play well in the first half they turned the ball over twice they got stopped at fourth down in their own territory and you look up in the third and fourth quarter and it's 20 to 17 and uh, a drive really away from the Dallas Cowboys taking the lead when, when you don't have your starting quarterback things change so um you had mentioned this a few times about Philly and you kept asking me and I kept kind of deflecting away from it. Like I really wasn't thinking about it or really caring about it because of what they were doing and who they were playing. But that lull that they get in when they, they look great for like a quarter and then they get in this lull where they can't move the ball. Jalen Hurts is inaccurate. And these other teams just haven't been able to come back and actually finish the job. 
But I saw it again last night, and I'm like, you know what? Outside of that second quarter, there really wasn't anything special about that offense. They had the one really, really good drive in the in the third quarter after Dallas came out and scored that I thought was big. Right after Dallas scored a touchdown, yeah. Philly came out and drove the ball. But that's the team. That's that running game. They didn't rely on Jalen Hurts. When they lose sight of that, they are a different football team, and they're going to run into a, a somebody. It's going to happen. That is going to capitalize on on that, and they're going to win the game. And, and you know that could have been Dallas last night. They didn't because you know again Cooper Rush turned the ball over too much. But um, so I think there's two teams in the NFL that are that are the Super Bowl teams. I think it's Kansas City, and I think it's Buffalo. Yeah, so maybe that line is just is those teams, and then everyone else at, at this point, even with the Eagles. Uh, being 6-0, you, you mentioned the fact that they kind of let off the gas. They were up in this game. Uh, they were up 20 to nothing. They were they, they let 20 nothing, but then were outscored 17-6 to to end the game. Um, and they only averaged uh, just under four yards per play. So we weren't like really that mode, like dominant and that efficient. And the, and the Cowboys defense is, is great. Arguably the best, best in the NFL. Um, but like you said, they're going to have to finish the job and maybe it is the, maybe it is just, just those two teams, uh, and then everybody else, um, in, in the NFL, we'll, we'll talk about your power rankings on Wednesday's show and see who truly is one, two, three, uh, and the rest of the NFL, but let's get into some morning headlines to start off our day. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, it wasn't the absolute bang-bang shootout uh, that we thought it would be in the uh, Sunday afternoon matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills did defeat them, though. Uh, the Bills did defeat the Chiefs on the road 24 to 20 in a game that we all were pretty much everyone's eyes were all on Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the two MVP candidates, the two MVP favorites uh, this year. Josh Allen, though, gets the job done. He's the first starting quarterback to beat Patrick Mahomes twice at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Aaron, what were your – I didn't even get to do it. I didn't even do it. This is – we're talking about headlines, and I saw this note, and I had to put it into a graphic. Headlines right here. Buffalo Bills, this is they, – they got the job done. We picked against them. They come back with a vengeance. They get a win in a game where – Aaron, you on Friday said it wasn't that big of a deal for this game in terms of where it stood for the rest of the season. Bills get their revenge, even if it's a slight little revenge here. What were your takeaways from this Bills game? We'll do a full recap later, um, but just some instant reactions to the Bills uh, knocking off the Chiefs. This game could be called a shootout. I, I think what happened was, does this narrative change if it's, 31 to 27 because Patrick Mahomes turned the ball over in the red zone. Josh Allen turned the ball over in the red zone and nobody scored in the first quarter. Uh, but the yardage was there. Buffalo had almost 500 yards of offense. Kansas had 400 almost. Um, I, I think the turnovers, a couple of negative plays changes the narrative about whether it was a shootout or not, but this is always going to be a shootout because it always has the two best quarterbacks in football in Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, to your point, yeah, I, I don't I I wanted to watch this game because it is so entertaining to watch these two teams play. It's great football. That's really what it is. It's it's not about whether it's 17-10 or 24-20. It's watching these two quarterbacks play. Um, are they flawless? No, nobody's flawless. Like Josh Allen made mistakes, but Josh Allen played better than Patrick Mahomes did last night. 
but we've seen it before. So it's not surprising to me. Um, I would, the one thing I'm not going to do is sit here today and overreact to this. Last year, the Bills beat the Chiefs 38 to 20 in the regular season. Why is today any different than, than last year? Um, the last four times these teams have played, it's been in Kansas City. So it's not uncommon for Josh Allen to go in there and beat him. He did it last year. So um, I don't look at it as a as where I'm measuring these two teams at. These are the two best teams in football. These are going to be the two teams in the playoffs that people do not want to play. Um, Josh Allen played great. Patrick yeah. Mahomes struggled at the end. He had a chance to go and win it. He misread, threw a pick, game over. Like, okay, that's, it, it happens. I, I think the yeah. only thing this did for me is, uh, first of all, I loved watching it. Second is, if Buffalo is tied with Kansas City at the end of the season, I do believe that it's much more important for Buffalo to have home field advantage than it is Kansas City. So I, agree. I think that atmosphere in Buffalo, and I know Kansas City is a crazy place to play, but I think the atmosphere in Buffalo in an AFC championship game could provide a difference maker um, in those two. And I think that would be the only thing that I take away from this game is if it happens to go down to a tiebreaker and Buffalo has it. But other than that, it was just a great game and it was fun to watch. Yeah, I think something that I take away from this game, and I mentioned this on Friday's show, we talked about who on defense was going to be, who's going to step up, and we joked around about how I, I did pick the Chiefs, but my defensive player to step up and, and who should be noticeable in this game, it was Von Miller, and he did just that here uh, with two sacks, one coming late in the game. He was the difference maker once again in the big-time game, showing why you went out and got your Von Miller. It happened in the Rams game, and now it happens again in another big-time matchup, this time against the Chiefs. Two sacks in this game, his second multi-sack game this season, uh, his third straight game with a sack. Von Miller has been a difference maker for uh, for this Bills team and, and really proving that, I mean, in a game where we all three of our predictions had both teams scoring 30 points, they only, both teams only score, uh, do not pass 25 points, I should say, Um the defenses, they looked good. Kiri Elam had a, had a pick in this game. Um, I thought this was a, a good defensive battle and showed that these teams are more than just offense. We'll cover the rest of it, though, uh, in our matchup previews that you guys will be able to see on our YouTube page. One other headline I want to bring up here as well uh, from Week 6 scoreboard is all the upsets. This was Upset City yesterday with these big-time teams going down, uh, including the Green Bay Packers falling to the New York Jets 27-10, the Giants defeating the Ravens, the Steelers beating the Patriots. Uh, Steelers played the Buccaneers. Uh, Steelers beating the Buccaneers. That should say Bucks. It's a, everywhere else it says Bucks, but you uh, got Tom Brady to. happy. Yeah, I did get Tom Brady happy. The Steelers defeat the Bucks. The Seahawks defeating the Cardinals. It was upset city for these five matchups here. Aaron, which upset stands out to you the most, though, for the losing team maybe firing the alarms? Um, I think there's a couple there, but only I think the biggest one is the Jets Packers, um, because if you look at the rest of those games outside of the Arizona game, which is a division game, uh, none of those games were teams at home. They were all on the road. And I think we need to stop thinking because you're a good team or we think you're a good team that you're just going to go into a place and beat a team like these are NFL players that get paid that play at home in home stadiums at home field advantage is real. You go play somewhere 
um, that you're not familiar with in the heat or in the cold or wherever. Um, you're not comfortable. You're sleeping in hotels that you don't normally sleep. Like this, it, it is a real thing to travel. It's a, it, it's a real thing. It's not fake. It's not made up. The numbers, yeah. the history of the NFL, back it up. Home teams have an advantage. Simple as that. So when you look at that, you look at some of those losses, you say, okay, maybe, you know, some upsets happen. And then it's worse when it's on the road because you have to travel. But Green Bay was at home in a sloppy game, which they're used to playing in. And their offense still looks like crap. Um, that's really what it boils down to. It looks like crap. It looks like absolute crap. And it looks like they're broken. And it looks like Devontae Adams had more of an impact than they thought. And now I don't know if I'm buying it. I'll be honest. I don't know that it's Devontae Adams less Green Bay Packers offense is the reason why they're struggling this way. But I do know that that's what it looks like. That's what the the casual fan is going to sit there and analyze and say, well, it's all because of Devontae Adams. Um, There is a lot of things that the pack, I can point to that defense being soft as Charmin still. I don't understand it. They are so soft. And I think it's a mentality. I think it's a coach mentality more so than it is the players. It's the scheme that they are running. They play so soft. They're sitting back on receivers. They're not aggressive. Um, I watch teams like the 49ers, and I know they had a, didn't have the greatest day yesterday, but I watch teams like the 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, um, the Buffalo Bills, even the Chiefs at, at, at times when they lock in and they're so physical and aggressive and the way they're flying around over the football or towards the football it's it's completely the opposite with the Green Bay Packers. They look soft. And um, with all that talent, it's inexcusable. It goes to coaching. So um, there's just a lot of things wrong with the Green Bay Packers right now. And for a team that talent-wise should be up there at the top of the, the league right now, they're not. They, they lost to the Jets, and it was an ugly loss. Um, I don't care about the conditions in, the, in, in Lambeau. I don't care about none of that. They let a rookie come in there and disrespect him by grabbing cheese and walking out of the. Oh man, you know, that's all I, I want. Video. When we, yeah, when we have our recap videos, that's going to be in the clips. I don't, I don't care if it was clipped or whatever. That is going to be in the clips somehow, some way. Sauce Gardner taunting the Green Bay Packer faithful just with the cheese head and just, oh, it was that was that was special. But is it is it sounding the pan? Is it? It's not necessarily sounding the panic alarm for the Packers in the sense of them missing the playoffs, but... Oh, it's panic time for the Packers. But, but, but... You can't lose to the Giants and the Jets in back-to-back weeks and not be panicking. No, I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's not a panic time for them, but, like, you think they still make the playoffs, though, right? It's just, it's just once they make the playoffs, it's, it's scary from there because we're seeing in these games that this team isn't as good as we right now. They're not, they're not obviously not number one in the, in the NFC North. So they're not going to be, they, they might not win the NFC North um, a playoff team right now. Do you think, do you think that stays, that stays put? Like you think that you think this is so basically what I'm what getting I'm at saying here, is you can't lose to the giants and the jets. And then me have hope that you're going to go beat good teams. No, no, no. The, but that's where I'm getting at here. I'm not saying that they're going to go and beat good teams. And this is this is what we talk about with like teams like, and obviously the Packers have not been on this level before, but we talk about like teams like the Bucks or the Chiefs or any other those other great teams. We're like, okay, their season doesn't start until the playoffs. So yes, they can lose these games, but once they get in the playoffs, that's when it matters. Obviously, there's a fear of when once they once they get in the playoffs, though. Once they get in the playoffs, so there's the fear. Is this Those now we're changing? Where... No, no. Those teams aren't losing to teams like this. 
They're not losing games like this. The Chiefs, even last year during the struggle, was not losing games like this. They Let me ask – I'll put it in a, in a better sense. These are the next six games for the Green Bay Packers. The Commanders, okay, you want to give them a win? Sure. The Bills, not picking them. The Lions, okay, you want to give them a win? Sure. Then the Cowboys, not picking them. The Titans, I don't know. Eagles, I'm not picking them. Like, at what point? Then, then they finish the season with the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings. I'm not picking them in those games. Like, and we'll get to the Dolphins on how the difference is with, with Tua versus not having Tua. Like, we – and now we really should appreciate Tua. But <laughs> but I'm not picking Green Bay in these games. These toss-up games don't get to go to Green Bay the way they've looked. So, when you say, oh, well, they're guaranteed to make the playoffs. No, they're not. They're, they're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. I don't think they're a guaranteed lock. With the way Minnesota's played, um, for the most part, and been able to at least – win games how they've done it doesn't matter they found ways to win games it might not always be pretty with some of these other teams when the chiefs are struggling when the bills might be struggling or the rams might be struggling but if they win the game it's different than losing the game that's the that's the thing is green bay's not winning these games they got blown out by the jets they got gave, gave up a huge lead to the giants and yes the giants might be showing that they're better than people think um but Again, you can't lose those games. You got blown out by Minnesota. It's not like they're losing close games. They're getting they're getting blown out by these teams. And I, I it's not and the offense is the question. It really, I mean, I, I talked about their soft defense, but when you're scoring 14 and barely beating the Bucs, and we see the Bucs now have some flaws as well. And I will tell you, I'm panicking on them as well. Um, the 10 against the Jets, these are problems. 22 against the Giants. This is not the same Green Bay team. It's not the same Green Bay offense. You have to be concerned about Green Bay. And I'm a I'm an Aaron Rodgers truther. I love him. I think he's the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played this game. But what? you can't look at the evidence and say you're not worried. That's and that that's really where I was trying to get at here with that with that is like it's it, it, like yeah we're we're used to them. And there's that the saying all the time of like these teams don't, seasons don't start until the playoffs. But now now. Now we're in question of the Green Bay Packers even making the playoffs. And, and that's I, that basically that's going to be talked about today. And we talk about overreactions. That's one of our talking points of what, what's an overreaction on Sunday. That might not be an overreaction. That might be, that might be a, a right on the bar reaction that, that should be fair for the, for the Packers. Their loss to, to the New York Jets here matches the largest win by any team over Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field in his career where, when he plays the entire game. 27 to 10 for the Jets. Uh, we'll talk more about that game in a little bit, but you said one thing that you want to touch on now, or you want to save it for Bucks talk. We talked about the underdogs winning. I did change it. The Steelers defeated the Bucks 20 to 18. Is it panic alarm for the Bucks? You want to save it for recaps or where you want? You should definitely be worried about the Buccaneers, but in a different sense. Um, they're they're not going to lose the division. Okay, so that's the problem. That's really what this boils down to. See, the difference between the Packers and the Bucks is the Bucks, Bucks don't have a real threat in the NFC South. And I, I get it. Atlanta's playing hard, and they've won against the 49ers, and we'll get into that game eventually. But the Buccaneers have a pretty clear path to winning their division. Um, it's a lot easier than going against Minnesota. And so they don't have to worry about a wild card. They don't have to worry about those teams that are going to be on the fringe. And Green Bay will have to do that if they fall too far behind the Minnesota Vikings. And I think I think that's the issue. So when I say the panic button for Green Bay, that panic button is a lot louder for Green Bay than it is for the Buccaneers. Yes, the Bucs should be panicking, but can they get it right? Yes, they can get it right. They have the luxury 
of losing a game like this and still being, you know, in first place in a division. Like that's, that's a real thing. They're still in first place in a division that they haven't played very well in because their division is so bad. So you have to take the things, the circumstances around that team as to how loud you want to sound the alarm. But that alarm is sounding. It's just how loud is it, is it sounding? Maybe not so loud right now, but it could be in the next few weeks, depending on what happens with Tom Brady and that offensive line and that, and that offense in particular. Um, they held the Steelers to field goal after field goal after field goal, and their offense couldn't do anything. And it really comes down to Tom Brady and, and moving the ball. And I, I think that um, they obviously struggled with it, but they have to get back, um, get on track. And, and I think Tom Brady has to play a role. He has to take some of the blame uh, for their offense, just because we give them all the credit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll transition into a little overreactions. We talked about uh, maybe the Packers one is not an overreaction. And I see in the comments here, shout out everyone in the comments. We've got two comments, one from uh, one from divine comedy here saying Bailey Zappi, offensive rookie of the year, question mark. And then Bailey coming in here saying Brady is showing his age, I think. These are comments, not necessarily, now I'm not calling them overreactions, but these are comments that could be viewed as overreactions and definitely in terms of Brady showing his age or Bailey Zappi being offensive rookie of the year. Are these overreactions or what is an overreaction from yesterday that you're going to say, okay, let's pump the brakes on. I know everyone's freaking out over it, but let's pump the brakes. Well, I will say that the Bailey Zappi offensive rookie of the year has to be kind of an overreaction just because assuming Mac Jones comes back healthy, he's the starter. Now, if you want to talk about after the fact, after we find out that Mac Jones doesn't come back as a starter, then that would be that would be wild. Right. But as of right now, there's been no indication of that. And this is what I said before. Um, I don't hear anybody calling for Mac Jones's job. Has has anybody on any network called for mac jones's job yet i haven't heard it if you've heard it please show me the clip because i'm waiting for it because dak prescott after two games like bailey zappy where he won both games or really a, a a game where he came in and, and and played well and then won the next game and they've won both um where's the where's the over oh, he should be replaced where's the he's a winner where's all that stuff at for for mac jones because I hear it all the time from Dak Prescott. So um, I, I don't want to call him the offensive rookie of the year. I think that's a stretch. I think that that award right now goes to Damian Pierce. Um, and then you still have to worry about other guys coming into the fold. Kenneth Walker had a good day. I think Brees Hall has something to say about it too. Brees Hall, um, Brees Hall has, has had a good couple of weeks. Um, those guys right now would be the leaders of the pack. But yeah. Again, is there a time to change it? And at the quarterback position, are you going to get the benefit of the doubt? Absolutely. If Bailey Zappi has to play another few more weeks and they go and they win two more games and he's 4-0 and and they look at Mac Jones and say, man, this guy is just like this guy. And, uh, uh, dude, but he's winning. I'm, I, I think when it comes down to it for the Patriots, and maybe you can pump the brake, tell me to pump the brakes if this may be an overreaction, but you said it during the offseason. And I don't know if you said it jokingly or whatever, but – we said that we could see Bill Belichick, like, do not be surprised if Bill Belichick starts Bailey Zappi over Mac Jones at some point during this season. I think after what we're seeing from Bailey Zappi, and he's not he's not playing bad. 24 of 34, 309 no, he yards, great. touchdowns. Yeah, he completed he over, 60, over 60% completions, first career game with 300 passing yards and multiple passing touchdowns. First rookie Patriots quarterback in franchise history to win each of his first two starts. Bailey Zappi is doing things that 
Mac Jones didn't do. And we say that it was an overreaction for like people saying Cooper Rush should start over Dak Prescott just because he was winning games. Well, Bailey Zappi's winning games and also being a difference maker in these games. So what you said in the offseason about Bailey Zappi coming in to replace Mac Jones doesn't seem as crazy because I tell you this, if the Patriots are battling for a playoff spot by season's end and Mac Jones is the reason why they're not competing for a playoff spot, Bailey Zappi will play games uh, to finish the season off for the Patriots to try and get them into a spot to get into the like Bill Belichick doesn't want to miss that, that Bill Belichick's not at a point of his career where he's willing to say, okay, we're young we're it's okay to miss the playoffs. We're building. He wants to be in the playoffs. He wants to be competing for a super bowl. That's where he's at in his career. Um, all right, let's well, go. Into some I, I, I think, I think that the key there is if it was a different coach, maybe I think Belichick does not care about a personal attachment to anyone. And that's the, that's the biggest thing is he's cut great players he had it out with Tom Brady, who's the GOAT. He benched Drew Bledsoe for Tom Brady when there was, you know, a big controversy about that Who, when they went on to win their Super Bowls. Uh, Bailey Zappi is doing something that I don't think Mac Jones does. And I think he pushes the ball down the field. He forces stuff, and he's not just going to play it safe. And I think there's something to be said about that um, when you're being successful at it. So, uh, yeah, I did say that I thought at some point in time, Belichick could look at Mac Jones and say, you know what, I'm going to go with Bailey Zappi instead. And hey, you never know, that could happen. It's it's becoming more and more likely uh, to happen, especially after uh, the performance on Sunday from Bailey Zappi. Uh, let's push to uh, more topics, more chatter, more segments here regarding week six as we kind of round out this show here. Uh, what did we learn? from week six after not just the upsets, but the winning teams, the losing teams. What's one thing that you learned from week six? Ugh. Um, I still think there's, I, I, I still think there's a lot of bad football being played by some teams. Um, I, I struggle with this question because I'm smart. I didn't learn anything. I've watched football long enough. Like, I think this stuff is a lot of this stuff is very common, but the average fan is going to say, Oh my God, I didn't know this team was good. I would say, I, I, I let's talk about the giants. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> let's just talk about the giants. Cause I think that's where everybody is kind of stuck. Like, Oh my God, they wouldn't beat green Bay. Now they beat Baltimore. Um, I think the giants are a good football team, but I want to say this and I, I, I got to find clips. But I told people this could happen with the Giants. I told people this. I said that this roster is not devoid of talent. The question had been, can the quarterback not fuck it up? And that was really what Brian Dable was there to do. And Brian Dable has done an excellent job with Daniel Jones. He's not a franchise guy. And I'll say that. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. But what he's done is he's kept him from turning the football over. He's turned Daniel Jones into a turnover list quarterback. And in turn, you have a great defense with what started Patrick Graham, now Wink Martindale. And you're able to win games because you can run the football and not turn the football over. It's the Dallas formula for four weeks. It's why they were winning games. Look at the teams and how they're winning. Running the football, game managing, playing good defense. The separator between those good teams and those elite teams What's the difference? It's the quarterback. That's always the difference. It's always the, the deciding factor. Um, it was the deciding factor in the Super Bowl. 
Like the difference was Matt Stafford. Like he came, like we could talk about Cooper Cup being great and Aaron Donald was already great and the defense, but Matt Stafford is what put the Rams over the top. Um, it's the quarterback. So with Daniel Jones playing within himself, Brian Dable has done that. He's done an excellent job with Daniel Jones and you mix that with that defense. Um, I think that is what we learned that the Giants are a really good football team. And I will find that short to put out for, or to have AJ put out because I remember, I don't know when it was, but I told people that it's Daniel Jones. That, that was the problem. You're a great producer. We'll be on the hunt for that right now while we discuss okay. everything else. I promise I'll get it to you. Um, okay. Yeah, that, that's the thing. That's the Giants. The, the Like every week, I feel like the Giants are going to be the team to talk about because we just don't like when or at what point do we start? Like, are you at that point right now where you're you're buying the Giants? Like, because like, every, I'm buying every, what they are. I'm not buying them as a contender. No. No, I'm not buying them as a contender because I got Daniel Jones. All right, all right, you you, you all have right. to be able to score to win in this league. It doesn't That's matter fair. how great your defense is. You got to be able to score. And they can't score. Like, That's even in that game yesterday, like, they were struggling to score. And, like, they got helped by Lamar Jackson. He didn't play well. And if they don't get those turnovers, or they, then they can't score. That's the problem is their offense can't just score at will or push the ball down the field when they need to. And that is what's going to cost them the games that matter, the games against the Chiefs, the games against the Cowboys, that, that's the difference. That's really the difference between the Giants think, and the Cowboys right now. It's I think the we're there at – I think we're there at – hey, man, watch out. Ron Rivera got killed for saying that today. Watch out there, man. Um, I joke. Uh, we talk about the Vikings. They're 5-1 they're and one right now. They're quietly 5-1 and one right now. Uh, they've been winning their games in close matchups. They've been finding ways to win. That's what the Giants are doing. They're, every game this season that the Giants have been in has been a one possession game. Every single they're they're five and one record. Giants are five and one in one possession games this season. That's every single one of their games being wow. decided uh, by eight points or less. Like that's that's been what it is. They're finding they're just finding ways to win. That's what we're yeah. at with like these teams. It's not. It's not that they're doing something that's like blowing people out or blowing people out of the water and saying, okay, this team is good. They're just finding ways to win and good teams find ways to win. That's kind of like what it is. They're not like, yeah, you get it. You get it. Um, the NFL they, is they, a one score game, man. Like we, we, yeah. we talk about the blowouts, but most NFL games come down to one possession. We all watch it on. Do we not watch it on uh Sunday every week with the red zone channel when all of a sudden the games you know, continue to get close at the end. And we're like, wow, these games were blowouts. It's one score game in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, that's what these, you have to win those games. Um, yes. I don't know what you asked. Um, I was just basically saying the NFL. I, score game. I didn't ask anything. I knew you froze okay. and I wasn't going to try and overload okay. it. I, I do like this comment it. though. Arthur that's Smith has this team playing um, from being somebody that's, in, I don't say in the building, but in that building a lot. Um, I've been at, at, you know, a number of home games already. I've talked to Arthur Smith before. He is, his mindset has been the same and it's never wavered. And I'll be honest, I didn't believe it, um, but it hasn't wavered since the beginning of the off season. He said, we are going to be a competitive football team and I will give the job to whoever's the most competitive. And he hasn't wavered from that. He's like, we are going to battle. We are going to be right there. And they are the only team in the NFL that's 6-0 and against the spread. Um, they have played a number of close games, and they've been in every single football game. And for a team that's less talented, and I don't care what anybody says, they are less talented than most of the teams they are playing. They are finding ways to, to keep things close and to go in and win games. And um, Arthur Smith right now, it's never a popular thing to give a coach of the year 
uh, to the guy that goes 500, which Arthur Smith very well could do this year. But to me, he's the coach of the year. He is the guy that has done the most with the least. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni is undefeated. But, yeah, they went out and bought a, a championship team. That's what that's what they did, right? They went out and added those players that they needed. And then he coaches better because he has more talent. The difference between that and Arthur Smith is Arthur Smith does not have the talent. Arthur Smith is fighting an uphill battle. And yet his team looks like a team that's right in the thick of it. And really, they shouldn't be. So uh, right now, he's my coach of the year. And I don't care what anybody says. I, you can say it's Sir Sirianni. But uh, again, players win games in this league. You have to have players and talent. Um, Arthur Smith is somehow doing it without that. And that's yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. No, they they were able to they're, they're they're simplifying the game they're simplifying games on offense at least because i mean this team is they don't have a flashy quote marcus mariota is not the best quarterback we said he was one of the worst one of the bottom quarterbacks in the league and then before the season started uh they're finding they're another team that's finding ways to win um they've they've rushed for 150 plus yards again this game they beat a very good defense one of the best defenses in the league that we've talked about um good week for the falcons uh Last two topics here, some winners, some losers, biggest whiner from uh, biggest whiner from it says whiner on the graphic um, from week six. Biggest whiner. Uh, yeah. Biggest whiner is Alan Lazard. Cry baby. Oh. Had to go knock the cheese head off of uh, sauce. <laughs> but oh, Robbie, the biggest wait, wait, winner. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I got to do this. I got to do this. Cause I did. I, it's supposed to be in our headlines. We didn't get to it because of timing purposes. Uh, I have the biggest whiner right here. Uh, let's just, let's just do this. The biggest whiner right here, Robbie Anderson getting kicked off the field uh, for, you didn't see this. Did you not see any of this? I saw it. I don't know why. I don't know why we looking at a biggest whiner. If with what is, if what was said is true. Uh, I'm with Robbie oh, I didn't hear about what was said. Um, I'm with Robbie Anderson, to be honest, if what was said was true. Um, there's a there's a rumor or something. I think he had a soundbite that said people on the sideline or coaches or somebody was saying, well, we ain't making the playoffs anyway. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I'm with Robbie Anderson. If that's the mentality of my team, I'm going off, too. And I guess he didn't like that. He said he's not there for that. He like he wants to win. He ain't about not. Oh, we're not making the playoffs. So. If the, again, I don't know that it was true, but I'm not jumping to any conclusions. That's why I did not even bring this up because okay. I want more information. If that is true, and Robbie Anderson was reacting to his team saying, like, oh, well, we're not going to make the playoffs anyways, I'm with him 100%. And you know, like, I'm not the biggest Robbie Anderson fan, but I am 100% with him if that's the reason why he was, him and his coaches were going at it because the coaches or the players or whoever else on that sideline was saying, yeah. we ain't going to make the playoffs anyways then I'm going off too. And you're going to, you're going to hear me because uh, I'm not for that. I don't care what our record is until I'm eliminated. I'm eliminated. So, uh, yeah. All right. um, so I, I didn't want to go there yet, but the, if you want, if it ends up being because he wasn't happy with getting the ball or something like that, like, yeah, that, that there's no place for that. And I would agree. But um, as of right now, I, I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but if it is true, um, I'm definitely on the side of Robbie Anderson. Oh. Okay, all I heard, all I heard, and all I saw was just him getting kicked off the field. If that's the case, then I, I am all on board for what you just said. Uh, let's change up one letter here. Let's add one in. Week six, biggest winners. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to look at the Giants and the Jets over there in New York. Um, I thought 
the way that, that they've played, I'm specifically the Jets, man. Um, this is this is protecting Zach Wilson. And, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with allowing him to be protected and still develop as a quarterback. And that's what they've done. They've ran the ball. They've played excellent defense. They've put their young quarterback in a good situation with good players around him to not ask him to go out and win games. Like You have to do it on your arm, Zach. But there have been times in the fourth quarter where he's had to go out and play well against the Steelers, and he did. So uh, shout out to Robert Sala. He is – we we talked about it. Um, I said that this could be the year that they they surprise some people. They have. They're 4-2. and two. Um, We Everybody looked at that brutal schedule, including myself, and said, oh, maybe it's a year early because that schedule was so, quote, brutal. And now you look at those games and you're like, oh, well, it's not that brutal anymore because the Jets are a really good football team. Um, they're young, though, so they don't – like, I don't want to get the expectations too high. They're a young team. But you have to be impressed with what you've seen so far – from from the Jets, so they're they're my biggest winner. Um, I, I could have gone a, I could have gone a number of ways. So you could have said Seattle. They're doing the same thing, um, but yeah, I, I just think what the Jets have been doing because the Jets have been such a laughable franchise for so long, um, and you obviously kind of exclude those Rex Ryan years where they were making AFC deep AFC title runs. Um, yeah, it's got to be the Jets. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that. I mean, what a 2022 for the New York Jets. We've had them as our biggest winners uh, for the for the NFL draft where they had those three first-round picks. They really – I mean, all of them have looked good. Garrett Wilson's looked good. Sauce Gardner, obviously. We talked about the, the cheese head incident at the end of the game. He's looked good, had his interception. Um, uh, I believe his first interception last week. He, he's been he's been shutting down receivers. Um, this team looks, looks great. They continue to impress. Who's been the biggest loser of week six? Um, you know, it, this is, this is hard to say, but it's Miami. Um, and, and the biggest loser is Miami because I think Miami now realizes what Tua means to that team. And I think this is really Miami fans, all the people that bash Tua, look at their team with Tua and look at their team without Tua. We, we, nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it, when Jimmy G was doing it, it was, oh, he's just a winner. Mac Jones does it. Oh, he's Joe Burrow. Oh, they're just winners. And Tua doesn't. It's like, uh, well, Tua doesn't look that special. Tua doesn't look that great. He doesn't. Well, Teddy Bridgewater can't win. Skylar Thompson can't win. None of them can stay healthy. But they're three and three since Tua goes out on that Thursday night game. Uh, early in that game, they haven't won. And not only have they not won, an offense that has electric weapons everywhere doesn't look like it can move the ball. I think losing to a might've been the best thing for the Miami Dolphins and it sucks. And I'm not saying, I know he's had injury problems and this might creep up again. He might get injured again, but I think it's, it's showing in Miami how much they're going to appreciate Tua once he comes back and they start winning again, because I have zero doubt that when Tua comes back next week, they will be a good football team and they will win games. I have zero doubt. Really. I, I think this is going, going to show how important Tua is to the Miami Dolphins. Simple as that. Yeah, this, right now, uh, this they're a big loser. What? Right now, the Miami Dolphins are a big loser. Yes, yeah, that, that's that's what we that. Yep, that's yep, they are. They are. And this is a team last week that you said after after or before the Jets game, you were like, okay, this is a team that the talent is there. You have to be able to beat these bad teams, and my, the Vikings aren't a bad team. The Vikings came in here and did 
I mean, this is a no, team. But, but again, they had a chance to win that game. Like Jalen Waddle, like this is why I'm not sold on the Vikings. It's because they do the same things very similar to the Eagles. Like the Vikings had that game wrapped up. How Miami gets back into it, I don't know. Miami's driving down the field to win the game. It's literally 16 to 10. Miami's now in Minnesota territory. Jalen Waddle, big catch across the middle, and the ball just slips out of his hands. He catches it, he's running, and the ball just falls out of his hands. And Miami's fortunate, or Minnesota's fortunate to pick it up. But that's no, that's to me, it's not that much different than what we saw last week. Chicago driving down the field to get right back in the game, and the ball stripped out of the receiver's hands, and Minnesota gets it. They're finding ways to win, which I appreciate and is important. But it's why I can't completely be sold on them is because the good teams that they play against, the really legit good teams that they're going to have to play against, aren't going to do that. They are not going to make those mistakes. The Buffalo Bills, the, uh, you know, if teams get right, they're, they're not going to the Green Bay Packers if they ever get right. The, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're not going to just give you the ball um, and, and you're going to get lucky that way. They're going to capitalize on your mistakes and they're going to end up winning those games. And so I worry about that with Minnesota, but Miami was right there and then they faltered but they should have never been in that situation because I still right now, if you played that game a hundred times in Miami with two at quarterback, I'm taking Miami majority of the time they'll win. I, I believe they would win that game 60 to 70% of the time. And yesterday they didn't have that quarterback. Skylar Thompson gets hurt. They got some fourth stringer after Ted, like Teddy Bridgewater comes in and then some random guy, like who knows who's playing quarterback anymore for the Miami Dolphins. So, Yeah. Yeah, and it goes to show how how important two is to this offense. Although Tyreek Hill, 177 yards on 12 receptions. Jalen Waddle, six receptions, 129 yards. It's not even about the stats of the of the productivity of, of uh, the players around him. It's the ability to win football games, and that's what quarterback good quarterbacks do. We're finding out that Tua may may have been a bigger difference maker to this offense uh, than what people were giving him credit for. Uh, that does it though for our losers. Let's answer this uh, this note here that Bailey has, uh, saying the Ravens D should be a big loser. Any any thoughts on the uh, on the Ravens defense in the game against the Giants? Overreaction? Why? Why, why should there? I want to know why. Like what what's the what's the basis of that? Where where is that coming from? I thought the Ravens defense played great. Lamar Jackson turned the ball over twice and they basically gave them points. I don't, I don't get that. Um, I'm not sure where that comes from. The Giants had 238 yards of total offense. What, what do you mean the the Ravens defense? This is, this, that's, it's, this is what people, if you just pay attention to, oh, they've blown through three games in a row. I was waiting for that. Well, how about Lamar Jackson doesn't turn the ball over in the red zone twice and give the Giants points that you can't. You can't ask a defense. It's like people today, they're like, well, I knew that Cowboys defense wasn't that good. Well, what? Like, when you turn the, we have Cooper Rush throwing interceptions and your offense not moving the ball, what do you think is going to happen to your defense? Your defense can't hold them forever. The 49ers gave up 28 points to the Falcons. But does anybody want to talk about the scoop score fumble, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing two picks? Are the Niners defense not that good now all of a sudden? No, it's, it's an offense that is not doing their job. Baltimore did not do their job yesterday. It's, I don't want to hear about the it's comeback the, victory of, of 10 points or whatever the comeback was. Like It's the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars all over again. It's the fact that your defense can only do so much. That, that, I, that I just, is the case. But I just don't like the, the they've blown three leads part. Like the score was 
13 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, you blew a three-point lead. Oh no. Like I, I don't I, I I it just doesn't make any sense. That's just somebody trying to create a narrative. There's there's what I wanted for an overreaction to end the show. Uh that does it though for another episode of a Sac City podcast. We'll be back again live uh at 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow covering our fantasy football talk. Uh we will have all of our game recaps for everybody uh later on uh should be should be tomorrow should be uh this week that we have our recap videos posted on our youtube page if you don't want to miss a single game recap uh be sure to follow us and subscribe to us uh at the sac city pod on youtube especially let me restart this follow us and subscribe to us on youtube at the sac city pod go to our socials follow us there facebook twitter instagram and tiktok again at sac city pod make sure you're turning on the bell uh, on YouTube to subscribe for notifications because we will be posting our game recaps later on uh, for you to be able to watch your favorite team's recap. Again, ladies, gentlemen, we cover the entire NFL, but we're not like everybody else that covers the entire NFL where we might not talk about your team as much. Well, guess what? We talk about your team as much because we do it the way you want your football coverage. We talk about your team. We talk about everybody else's team just in we're an equal we're an equal uh, opportunity NFL team here. Or is that that makes sense? Equal opportunity. Uh we give we give shine to every NFL team. There's not an NFL team that we don't talk about. Let's just be honest. Yeah. It could be the worst team in the league. I got something for you. It could be the best team in the league. I got something for you. There it is. And everything in between, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page, turn on the bell for notifications so that you know when we post our game recaps of your team. Again, we'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning covering fantasy football and the Monday night, uh, the Monday night game uh, between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos. Uh, until then, though, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>